Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. It is Sunday, October the 17th, and I am here to preview from a DFS standpoint the NBA Western Conference. We went over the Eastern Conference yesterday, so if you missed that one, please check out uh, that podcast. You can catch it on YouTube uh, or any audio uh, place that uh, houses podcasts, including iTunes, Amazon Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, you name it. Uh, just check out, uh, look for the NBA DFS Coach Talk Eastern Conference Preview. All right, we are going to attack this Western Conference and get ready for an incredible season here at DFS Coach Talk. We're very excited. This is going to be our second full NBA season. Uh, obviously, you know, we've all had to uh, navigate the different areas of COVID with, with the NBA and the scheduling and how it's all worked with uh, the playoffs and the bubble that they had and everything else. So we've We've gotten through those. Our percentages have been strong, but uh, couldn't be more excited and more uh, happy that we're going to have a real true NBA season. We're going to have the full games in the right time frame, the full preseason, fans in the stands. Uh, absolutely love it. And I think it gives us a, tr a tremendous end edge here at DFS Coach Talk. If you want to join us, uh, jump on dfscoachtalk.com, our, our website. You could sign up for as little as three days for $10, five days for $19. We also have several different NBA uh, memberships that you can enjoy as well. All right, we're going to dive right into this. Uh, if you have a chance to listen, had a chance yesterday to listen to our Eastern Conference preview. Prior to that, I sort of gave you a background a little bit on Coach Talk, what we're about. Uh, what we're trying to build here, and we have a tremendous membership base, and we'd love to add you to it. So I'm not going to go through that again. I'm just going to dive right into the NBA Western Conference. All right, let's start out with team number one, and they uh, we're going to go in order of the way that they finished last uh, last year's standings. So we've got the Utah Jazz. They were the number one seed out of the uh, Western Conference, and they are led by Quinn, Snyder, Quinn Snyder, who I believe is definitely one of the best coaches in the NBA. Uh, he'd be in my top three or four uh, overall, no question. Great X and O guy, a good players coach, just a solid all-around coach. I remember when he played at Duke and then coached under Coach K, uh, and then went on to Memphis University and on to the pros. Just a terrific coach. And uh, he's going to get the most out of these Utah Jazz. Now, can they repeat 52 and 20 from last year and be the number one seed? That I have a big question. Uh, you know, that is going to be interesting. Uh, they didn't add a ton to the, the uh, you know, talent pool that they have. They're pretty much just running with what they had last year. They figured, hey, we finished first. Let's run it back. Let's get a, a healthy Donovan Mitchell and go from there. So, from the uh, DFS side of it, you know, you've got Mike Conley at point, you know, not a, really a strong DFS score last year, uh, you know, really up and down, but a good player to have uh, on the court for real for Quinn Snyder, a, a real good vet 
that can get it done, but not a highly owned DFS option. Really, his backup, Jordan Clarkson, who sort of backs him and Mitchell up at the two, uh, has a tendency to be a better play sometimes on DFS because he will have those explosive games where he you know, has six, seven threes and just gets it done. Uh, usually his price is pretty fair. Uh, let's see how he comes out of the shoot this year. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, always you know, a strong candidate uh, for ownership. When he's healthy and playing well, um, he's steady and really a great fourth quarter guy. Uh, he was in the top three in the league in clutch points down the stretch in the NBA last year when he was healthy and uh, certainly is a guy that can take down a slate for you um, on, on any specific night. After that, it's it's somewhat of a grab bag for me. Bog, uh, Bojan Bogdanovich, uh, really solid player, just a lot of inconsistency. Uh, I had him in some winning lineups last year. He also hurt me in some lineups. I mean, that's pretty much uh, you know what what he was doing as far as from consistency standpoint uh, last season. He was recovering from some injuries. Uh, you know, I still think a guy that needs to be on the radar. Uh, you know, he can definitely help a team uh, in DFS on any given night. Uh, Royce O'Neal, you know, the other starter, I'm not sure what, you know, as an emergency final guy in, he's going to play minutes because he's a great defender. He does a lot of good things for the Jazz, but as far as DFS points, very inconsistent. Uh, Rudy Gobert, you know, very expensive as well as as a uh, a center and not going to get a ton of points. They really don't run any plays for him. What he gets is basically when he freewheels and is open on some lobs or putbacks, he certainly is a great rebounder, so he's going to, you know, you're going to be solid there with him. And he's going to block some shots and do some good things, but not a, a huge Gobert backer as far as usually what his cost is. And they brought Hassan Whiteside in to back him up. So I think you'll see Hassan get decent minutes. It could take just a bit away from Gobert. Uh, so something to keep an eye on. Uh, after that, you know, Joe Ingles, you know, Jingles is always a guy that's an option, specifically if somebody's sitting. Um, if everybody's playing in healthy full minutes, his minutes can be an issue at times. But, you know, he does fill in at the two, three, four. He could play a lot of different positions. And a lot of times when he's in there, and Connolly's out, he'll play sort of a pseudo point guard. So, you know, uh, spot starts for him, uh, you know, aren't too bad. But after that, you know, the depth is a little shaky. Uh, Eric Pascal, uh, Azabuki, guys like that, Jared Butler, just not real thrilled with their bench uh, beyond that top seven or eight. So uh, somebody, a team to keep an eye on. I think a team that's going to have some regression this year, though. All right, the team that finished second, the Monty Williams-led Phoenix Suns. And I am partial to Monty Williams because I do know him personally. We worked camps years and years ago together, uh, also ran a national camp for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, stayed in touch with him different times throughout the years. One of the most quality people I've ever met. I just like unbelievable guy. Uh, root for him all the time, definitely think. You know, I know Thibodeau was phenomenal, but man, to not give Monty Williams coach of the year last year, what he did there, they were 51 and 21. 
They didn't even know what the playoffs were in Phoenix for years and years. We're talking way back, like, you know, Amari Stottlemyre type uh, while ago. So uh, Monty did a terrific job. Obviously, Chris Paul gets a lot of that credit, and he deserves a lot of it. He, he really did lead that team. Uh, but, you know, how are they going to do this year? Again, they sort of are rolling with got, what got them there last year. On any given night, you're going to be able to play Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, who showed a lot of progress in the playoffs. He was a big reason they got to the finals. Uh, those three guys are always going to be in play. Uh, I'm partial to Booker. I think he's one of the best shooters in the league, you know, but you have to pick him on the right night. So it's going to be matchup for me, uh, depending on who they play, uh, you know, if we can focus on the guards or if you want to go big and focus on uh, Aiton uh, in specific matchups, I think those guys are all playable. One of the wild cards on Phoenix this year is Mikel Bridges. He's really come on. He can shoot. He's a good defender. Uh, just a terrific player. I think you know he's one of the up-and-comers at that small forward position like a DeAndre Hunter in Atlanta that I think are, are really going to start uh, showing out. Um, that's a guy I think at a cheaper price in DFS, especially early on, uh, is a good go-to guy. Um, after that, it's pretty much a mixture of some guys. Jay Crowder on some specific nights um, may be playable, but GPP kind of guy because he can be uh, have a decent game or have you know almost blanks at times. Off the bench, some interesting guys and some depth here, which gives me a little concern, you know, because again, if the if the bench is getting big minutes, uh, that does take a little bit away from the starting group. But you've got a group here of guys you can consider, like Campaign and Cameron Johnson, uh, both you know showing big strides forward, and then you've got Landry Shamit, who came over as a backup shooter for Booker, uh, will get decent minutes. And JaVale McGee, the Team USA center, backup center, um, has now backing up Aiton, uh, and he'll get some valuable minutes. And then they have a, the summer and uh, preseason uh, gem in Jalen Smith, who looks like he's really going to be a good young player. So they're deep. They go a good 10 deep, and uh, you know, you're going to have to pick and choose specific nights. But they have a good team. I think they'll be right in the mix, especially with Monty leading the show there. All right, we go to the, the third seed from last year, the Denver Nuggets, with uh, Coach Michael Malone. They were 47-25. and 25. Big shout-out to our man Joe Stanton. He's a monster Nuggets fan. He keeps us up to speed on all the skinny with the Nuggets. Interesting here. Uh, you know, it, the big question is, how are they going to do until Jamal Murray is back. He's still out with that injury that ended his season last year and took him out for the playoffs. And But until he gets back, it looks like it's going to be Monte Morris, who could be a really good play at a cheaper price early on. Looks like he's beaten out Compazzo for the point guard spot, but we will certainly keep an eye on that. And then you've got uh, you know the MVP of the league, the Joker, certainly playable on every slate. Uh, possibly the best big man passer in NBA history. I, I really believe that. Uh, just an adept score, rebounder, everything. He's the MVP. So certainly playable. He's going to be highly owned a lot, uh, and I think he deservedly so. I mean, with Jamal Murray out, especially, 
uh, he's going to continue to have to to carry a big load there. So uh, we'll we'll certainly be rostering him a lot. You know, the guy that I expect to emerge, he got the big, huge $200 million contract, and that's Michael Porter. Um, Michael Porter is going to get more shots. I think he's going to be more uh, focused on the offense this season, and I think he's going to be a, a good guy to own because he can do a little bit of everything, can rebound uh, pretty well when he sets his mind to it, and certainly an adept score that, that could have a monster year. Um, one guy that's that uh, had an injury-riddled year last year that can surprise on any given DFS night is Will Barton. I think that's another guy to keep a close eye on. Uh, you know, they need more backcourt scoring with Murray out, and I think Barton could be the guy that could be real sneaky early on in the season. Uh, Aaron Gordon is still there starting. He's been just an enigma since he left Orlando. Had very few rosterable DFS games uh, when he played for Denver last year. Uh, not a guy I'm going to recommend early on until I see uh, him turn the switch on his game. Um, after that, they've, they've got an interesting bench. Uh, Bones Highland, got to love the name Bones, uh, nickname, of course, but a great one, uh, was really fantastic for them in the preseason and summer. I think he's in the rotation. I really do, especially with Murray being out still. Uh, so keep an eye, a close eye on him. He's a great GPP flyer uh, if he can get some extra minutes. So we'll watch him as the season goes. Um, Austin Rivers, P.J. Dozier, Jeff Green, Jamichael Green, all those guys are coming off the bench. I don't think they're quite rosterable in DFS at this point, but based on injuries and how Gordon plays, we'll keep an eye on that entire group uh, as the season begins. All right, we go to the fourth team, and they do have a monster difference from last year. Um, they are... Uh, a team that lost possibly one of the best top four players, I'm going to say, in the league in Kawhi Leonard. Uh, he may be lost for the year. Um, you never know, though. Kawhi is an interesting dude. There are rumors he could be back towards the end of the year for the playoffs. Who knows? So for right now, we're counting him out. He's certainly going to be out beyond the first half. And that does make a big case for Mr. Paul George for, you know, uh, MVP kind of season. I really believe that. He's very high on my list. I think he should be highly owned early on. He's in great shape. He looks he looked really fit in preseason. And without Kawhi, he's going to be the man. I mean, he had really good statistics last year, and that was sharing the spotlight or even really playing second fiddle uh, to Kawhi. So Paul George, giant circle around him, going to be a focal point early on. As far as the backcourt goes, you know, they parted ways with Patrick Beverly. He went to Minnesota. So you it really opened the door for Reggie Jackson, who showed in the playoffs last year that, you know, his career was resurrected. It sort of fizzled out in Detroit, and it looked like he really was only going to get a very minimal role. But now he is the starting point guard for the LA Clippers and somebody that's, that's really a decent play. I mean, you gotta, uh, you know, we got to keep an eye on him early on because his price should be fair and somebody we may want to roster. Uh, as far as the two, you know, it, it's, uh, is it Paul George that is going to play the two or the three uh, right now sort of penciled in at the two. It looks like it's probably going to be 
a combination of Eric Bledsoe and Terrence Mann and Nick Batum filling in in that 2-3 role. Uh, and for that reason, none of those guys are really rosterable to me. Uh, also, Marcus Morris, who's a solid player, will start at the four. I think he's a guy that on a given night in the right matchup is a good play. Uh, he had some big games for me last year. I think Morris and Batum and possibly a little bit of Justice Winslow uh, will get a little bit of run uh, at the four. As far as the center goes, Serge Ibaka is still out for a little while uh, with some injury and surgery that he had. Uh, uh, Zubats is still the, the starting center. Uh, where they go backup-wise could be an Isaiah Hartenstein, who had a really nice preseason, could be the backup center. If they play small, uh, they could do what they did in the playoffs and play actually uh, a little bit of Batum in center, uh, which you know really was a surprise, but but seemed to be somewhat effective for them. So we'll see how they do. You know, forty-seven and twenty-five last year, but they have to tackle this year in a really competitive West without Kawhi. All right, let's go to a team that I know a little bit about. You can ask Dirk behind me. He'll, he keeps me involved on the inside skinny there. But it is the Dallas Mavericks. They finished, there was a three-way tie for fifth, sixth, and seventh at 42 and 30. But uh, via the tiebreaker, they got the fifth spot, which they got to play the L.A. Clippers. And Kawhi Leonard went ballistic, but that's another story. Uh, the big news in Dallas is Jason Kidd is the new coach. They finally moved on from Carlisle after a long tenure here with the Mavs. And as far as what Jason Kidd's done so far has been, uh, you know, textbook, man. He went overseas, visited in the summer, uh, visited Luca, visited Chris Stapp, spent time with them. Uh, then this uh, preseason had an early camp. Really was a, a player-friendly coach, got the guys in there, built some camaraderie, um, and they went undefeated in the preseason as well. 4-0, uh, played really well. They even beat uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, which happens to be Josh Davis's favorite team, and they started all their starters. So, Josh, I don't know what happened there, my man. But anyway, the Mavs looked great in the preseason. Luka looks super fit. He came into camp. Uh, last year in the beginning of the season, a little out of shape, a little chubby, but he had the Olympics that he led uh, Slovenia to the uh, medal round. They got fourth, unfortunately, didn't get a medal, but uh, really were the surprise of the Olympic basketball uh, front. And Luca was absolutely amazing. Uh, averaged 23 points, nine rebounds, nine assists. That was an average in the Olympics. I mean, absolutely out of his mind. Looks fit, looks terrific, seems to really bought into kids' uh, new uh, scheme. So, again, no surprise here. Everybody in the world's going to say Luca's fantastic play always, and he is. I mean, you watch Luca, if he's having a bad game, all of a sudden you look up and he's got 16, 8, and 7. And you think, wow, how is that possible? But he's just, you know, as far as usage goes, he may lead the league in usage. I mean, it's. It's James Harden-ish, like when he was with Houston and he was the only main guy. Uh, that's really where Luka is. And in DFS, we're looking for those minutes. We're looking for the usage. Uh, I don't like the way Carlisle subbed a lot of times. He split. 
uh, minutes on, on the floor with Luca and Porzingis. There was just not a lot of chemistry. Took him out like four minutes, three minutes into a game and would bring him back. Just an odd rotation. Uh, that seems to have gone away. I think Luca's going to get more minutes under Kidd. And I know he's going to be probably the highest priced guy on the slate a lot of times. But in you know, unless it's a team that really defends well and slows the pace down, um, Luca's going to be worth the big money, whether it's 11, 11, 3, 11, 8, whatever he is. Uh, you know, I think you got to really consider him on most slates. So uh, not as a Mavs fan, because, you know, there were a lot of times I faded him last year, but as a DFS professional player, I think Luke is the number one guy in the league. So he is definitely going to be a guy that I'm going to focus on throughout the year. And, uh, and you know, hopefully he stays healthy and gets it done and kids uh, system really clicks in the, in Dallas. Uh, as far as everybody else, you know, Chris Stapps Porzingis is a sore spot for me. I really dogged him last year, and he deserved it. He didn't play hard. He didn't defend. He sulked. He just was awful. Uh, I see a, a different preseason Chris Stapps here. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon yet, but I will say in the four preseason games, which I watched, he had a different attitude. He defended better. He moved his feet. He blocked shots. And offensively, he looked much more comfortable uh, in in the scheme that Kid has put out there. So, definitely a guy to keep uh, an eye on early on. He will make some of my lineups. We have to see what his pricing is going to be like. He certainly is the second option on this team by a long shot. Uh, and then after that, really, there's a third option here, and then it really drops off, and that's Tim Hardaway. Uh, the problem with Tim is, you know, if he's not hitting his three. It's a difficult buy, you know, because he's not really great with the periphery statistics. If he is scoring, though, he's a solid play. Uh, but really, when you talk Mavs this year, it's just Luca, pretty much all you can eat. Kristaps uh, definitely on the rise and Hardaway in specific situations. After that, there's just a, a bunch of role players that really don't quite get the the, the cut for. DFS. Jalen Brunson, who I love, you know, we just have to see about the minutes. You know, if if Luca takes a game off or they're shorthanded, Brunson is terrific. But, uh, you know, from a DFS standpoint on a full slate, he's a tough buy because, you know, the minutes there and the usage. Uh, uh, also, Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleba, Willie Cauley-Stein, Boban, Josh Green, Sterling Brown, Reggie Bullock, those guys are all going to get minutes. It's about a 10, 11-man rotation, uh, you know, uh, with all of the guys around Luca and Porzingis mainly. Um, so not targets for me early on by any stretch. I don't know if Kidd will shorten his rotation as the season goes on, but it he seems committed to playing at least a 10-man a ten man rotation uh, early on. So we will see how it goes for Dallas. Uh, I think there's definitely some upside. There were 42 and 30, as I say, last year, and there is some potential to move forward. All right, we're going to move on to one of those other 42 and 30 teams who also have a new coach this year, and that's the Portland Trailblazers that will be led by Chauncey Billups. I think uh, it will be very interesting to see how Chauncey does. 
uh, on the bench. Uh, they replaced Terry Stotts, who had been there quite some time. And uh, really, it will be an interesting team. They didn't make a lot of changes either. Uh, there was a lot of rumors that they were. But, you know, they figured they only got Norman Powell told toward the end of the year in that deal where they moved uh, uh, moved with Toronto Raptors uh, at, the, at the end of the season. Uh, so, you know, they'll have him in there for a full camp. Covington was hurt for a bit. They did add Larry Nance. Not sure what his role or how effective he'll be, but, you know, a, a guy that can help. But the bottom line is, you know, Dame Lillard, certainly one of the top guard prospects that in DFS on any nightly basis. Uh, just a phenomenal player uh, that can get it done and uh, certainly a high quality play on any slate. CJ McCollum also, um, you know, terrific play. Again, you know, do you want to go when you'd go Dame and CJ? You know, that puts a lot of pressure uh, DFS-wise for that backcourt to get it done. But it's all going to be matchup dependent. We have to follow that closely and see how that goes. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic should be solid at center this year. He's healthy again. Uh, you know he can rebound. He can shoot the three. Terrific player. Uh, his minutes have been down recently, so we'll see how Chauncey's going to use him. If he gets the big minutes, I think he's a terrific play. I really do. On mo a lot of slates, you know, there's it's hard when you can't roster a lot of centers. Uh, maybe just one, depending on what site. And uh, it, it becomes tough, but Nurkic is definitely a good option. He'll be backed up by Cody Zeller. And then uh, Covington, Nance will probably get some of those minutes. But after, you know, with the Lillard, McCollum, and Powell, uh, you're, there's not a ton of backup strength there. You're going to get some Dennis Smith Jr. who made the team. Anthony Simons, who is definitely on the rise. Uh, ben McElmore, maybe if they need some shooting and a little bit of Tony Snell for defense. But, you know, it's all going to pretty much be Portland. You're looking at Dame, possibly CJ, Norman Powell. You know, let's see how his price uh, finishes out. And if Nurkic is, is cheap, I think he's a good go-to guy. All right, let's talk about the most interesting moves of the offseason. To me, uh, the L.A. Lakers, who are like the oldest team that I think I've ever seen in, in the NBA. Uh, they are super old. The only young guy they have on the whole team is THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, and he just had surgery. So he's out. So it is definitely the old man's team here. They finished 42 and 30 last year under Frank Vogel as the defending champs. Certainly come back with a chip on their shoulder and an attitude. But I have got to see a lot of improvement here. I could not believe how bad Russell Westbrook looked in the preseason. Uh, he just looked out of place, out of sync, didn't fit into anything the Lakers were doing. So I have no idea how they're going to make that work, how they're going to adjust. Yes, Russell Westbrook is a DFS phenom that, you know, broke slates for years with his triple doubles every single game. Uh, I don't see any of that so far with the Lakers. I will not be rostering Russell Westbrook for quite some time until I see some things different there. Um, other than that, though, you know, it's the same two guys, you know, and it's usually the late slate and usually got to pick between one or the other. It's going to be the same thing. It's LeBron James or Anthony Davis. You know, those two guys I expect to, to play 
very well if they're healthy. They're they're rosterable on every slate. Um, is what Russ going to take anything away from them? I don't think so. A ton uh, initially. I think you know Davis is still going to rule the paint, and LeBron is LeBron. So on any given night, uh, he can get it done. Um, I'm going to be a little light on the Lakers early on, though. I just want to see how this group is going to mesh. Uh, they they did add Kendrick Nunn, who's is a younger guy, so I, I take that back. He's another guy that's that's young from the Heat. But then they have that big giant group of old guys: Rondo, uh, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony. You know, it's like an all time greats team, but uh, from the from the 2000s, really. 2010s at the best. Uh, Malik Monk is also in the mix. So a lot of bench. Uh, nobody that I'm going to go to at all in DFS early on. And, you know, Kent Bazemore is a guy I didn't mention. You know, I don't know if I need to. He's slotted in to possibly start, but I don't see him as a viable play either. So for me with the Lakers, it's either LeBron or AD like normal and uh, just wait and see what the rest of this group has because uh, I think they've got uh, a long way to go as far as chemistry and this group playing together and really, uh, you know, being super effective. So not saying that if they, you know, if they do put it together, they're going to be a monster because they have all the experience, tons of championships, all kinds of stuff under their belt. So we will see as as a work in progress, but I will not be heavy on the Lakers early on. All right, quick drink. All right, we go to the Memphis Grizzlies, 38 and 34, and this is a team on the rise. I really like the Grizzlies. I think their coach, Taylor Jenkins, is one of the best young coaches in the league. Huge fan of him. Uh, we watched him coach. The, not uh, the last time they had a real NBA summer league two years ago, I guess, uh, when Memphis won it all. Brandon Clark was the MVP of the summer league, and Taylor Jenkins was a, the first year coach there, and he coached him in the summer league. And he's, I was just so impressed with his X's and O's, how he handled his players, and I think this team, obviously with the superstar John Morant, is really on the rise. Here's an interesting point, though, to make. They finished 34 and 30, uh, 38 and 34 last year, and I think they're improving. But they do have one big problem early on. Dylan Brooks, who is somewhat the heart and soul of that team, is hurt, and he's going to be out for the first part of the season. Uh, not sure how long yet. That will be determined, but that's a monster hole in that team because he scores big buckets and gets huge stops. And like I say, I, he's the veteran uh, heart and soul of that team. He really is. But in the interim, I think that just raises the stakes on John Morant. I like him uh, all the time right now, man. And I know that's, you know, Andrew was uh, Hanson, uh, my partner in crime here with basketball. He is a monster John Morant guy from before he played in the league. And uh, I'm I'm with him this year, man. I think this this is his bust out. Uh, make the all-star team kind of year, um, explosive, shooting the ball better, more responsibility, and now he's got you know some experience under his belt. So big fan jaw this year. I think he's going to have a monster year. Uh, with Dylan Brooks out, you're going to get a mixture. De uh, DeAnthony Melton, you know, you're going to see a little Tyus Jones, 
They traded for Jared Culver. I don't know why, but he'll get a few minutes. Um, and then Desmond Bain, he was a great pick as a rookie last year, played well. Certain situations, he can be, you know, give a look to him, especially with Brooks out. Uh, but you're still going to get some minutes there from Kyle Anderson. Uh, the youngster, Zaire Williams, may get a couple of minutes, um, especially in mop-up duty. So not real strong there. The guy that I'm most interested in this year, and it's a guy that was a real head scratch on scratcher uh, there for a while, and that's uh, Triple J, Jared Jackson Jr. He's healthy this year. He's had a lot of injuries. He also got in a lot of foul trouble in the past. Just you know, wasn't playing cerebral basketball. But I've seen a big change toward the end of last year in the preseason. I think he's matured. Very dangerous player. He can hit the three. He can rebound. Uh, definitely a guy that I'm going to be looking to roster if the price is right, uh, specifically in certain matchups. Um, I do think it's going to help him now that Joe Val has moved on to a new team. He's with the Pelicans. I think that Steven Adams isn't going to offensively need the ball at all like Joe Val. Uh, Steven Adams is strictly going to be in there to beat people to death, rebound, put get some putbacks, easy buckets. But he's not an offensive player, if you will. And I think that'll open up the game for Triple J. And I expect a much bigger season from him if he stays healthy. And then, you know, the, the two backups and bigs worth talking about there. Again, they've had their nights, Brandon Clark and Xavier Tillman. You can go to them on occasion. Uh, they're both dangerous uh, in specific matchups, uh, especially if one of the other guys is out or limited. So really, it's it's all about jaw. I really I think you need to put a check mark next to Jaron Jackson Jr. this year, and then we'll see how the rest of the team rolls out. All right, we have an interesting team here next, and that's the Golden State Warriors. They are the true team of veterans mixed with youth, mixed with guys returning from the injury list. So very, very uh Curious to see how they will this will pan out for them from a DFS standpoint. Obviously, Steve Kerr, phenomenal coach. They were 39 and 33 last year. Steph's possibly most, you know, you can argue it because he had back-to-back -back MVPs, but last year he showed me as much as he has done uh in his career. I mean, 330-some triples on, you know, just out of his mind and just a joy to watch. And, you know, it's he's getting to the age where I would assume that'll start slowing down. But as of right now, he is still jacking it up and still an option. Um, I do like, you know, the up-and-comer Jordan Poole to get some minutes until, of course, Clay Thompson, uh, you know, the Splash Brother is back. We don't know exactly when he'll be back. He's still rehabbing, and we have to see how he's going to be. Uh, after all these catastrophic injuries that he's had. So it's all about Curry. Uh, Jordan Poole, you know, as a cheaper option, definitely a threat. Uh, you know, big wild card here will be Andrew Wiggins. Uh, he showed last year that he was definitely the most improved defensive player in the year of the year. I mean, hands down. Um, if you watched him in Minnesota, he just didn't defend. He really didn't. He did not defend. And Whatever Kerr said to him or got under his, uh, you know, in his ear, maybe because they were looking to trade him and they were giving up on him, but he started to defend and he was actually shutting people down at times. And 
that solidified, I think, him with Kerr, with his teammates. And uh, I expect to have him to have a better year. Now, he's risky. There are games that he's just average. But, you know, that got more consistent as the year went on last year. And I think you're going to see a more consistent, more mature Andrew Wiggins. And he's going to be very rosterable as long as his price stays uh, competitive. Um, after that, you know, Draymond Green, I, I'm not a Draymond Green guy. I just, anybody that can score zero or two points, it just drives me crazy. You know, when he passes up layups to kick it out to guys for three. Yeah, he can have games where he has 10 points, 15 rebounds, and 10 assists. But, you know, more so than not, a lot of times you see him with, you know, five points, 12 rebounds, six assists. Yeah, that can get it done, but his price is usually high. So, you know, a GPP guy or if it's in a perfect spot, uh, you can utilize him, but risky in my opinion. Uh, James Wiseman's going to be out a while. The rookie, uh, they just announced he'd be out for a while. So it's going to be pretty much Kevon Looney, not going to play him on any given night. Uh, Draymond Green will get some of those minutes uh, as well. Otto Porter's in the rotation. We'll see see how he does. Uh, really haven't seen either rookie uh, cracking the rotation initially. You know, they have two high picks in Kaminga and Moody. I think they have potential down the road, but uh, not right now. So really, Golden State, it's all about Curry, uh, you know, a little bit of Jordan Poole, and then keep an eye on the rest. But till they get Weissman back and Clay back, I think they're going to, you know, probably – labor around 500, similar to how they did last year. All right. We've got a team here that, you know, looks like they're on the decline, but, you know, I say that a lot of times, and then they make the playoffs. And, of course, it's the magician Greg Popovich, who their rumors came out that either this year or next year he's going to retire, which you would think. The guy is like 77 years old or something crazy. So I, you know the guy seems like he'd coach until he drops god bless him but i you know i think it's got to be winding down for him there's no question he he did accomplish a goal by leading you know the olympic team uh to the gold this year he's won championships there's nothing else that he has to approve that's for sure but let's see how the spurs do this season they finished 33 and 39 but they got into that last 10th spot in that play-in tournament, which was really funny, but they made it. So who knows? Uh, never can count out Pop. Uh, definitely one thing I will say about Pop is he is the least favorite DFS coach I think that's ever walked the face of the earth because you can't count on Pop ever. You don't know who he's going to sit. You don't know what his rotation is going to be. You don't know what he's going to pull next. And I cannot tell you how many times I've been swearing at my television of what the hell are you doing not playing this guy or whatever, but that's pop. So if you roster Spurs, you got to take that as part of the medicine because you don't know what's going to happen next with him. So, you know, let's look at this team. I don't think it's a very talented team. They certainly had some subtractions this year with the Rosen specifically leaving. Probably their best player is the point guard, DeJounte Murray. But is that a lock? I, you know, I'm, I can't say on any specific night it is or isn't, but he'd be the guy that I'd look at first from this team. 
Uh, the backcourt also going to get good minutes from Derek White, who definitely is a pop favorite, I think. Um, the fact that he doesn't have Patty Mills off the bench, though, is going to be rough for Pop. He can't, I mean, he had Patty Mills off the bench forever on that team, and he always got it done. Now it's going to be Lonnie Walker, Bryn Forbes, Devin Vassell, Doug McDermott, Keldon Johnson. That's going to be that group of two, three, fours that are going to get those big minutes. None of them give me any interest, really, DFS-wise, to be honest with you. Murray, you can think about White, maybe, if he's hot. But after that, that other group, you know, McDermott can have decent games. Uh, Keldon Johnson's an up-and-comer. I just don't trust those guys. And then at, at the center spot, I know a lot of people like to roster Jakob Pertle last year. He would have some games you know, where he'd score 14 points, 15 rebounds. So he can get that done, but he doesn't always play in big minutes. And he has a dependable backup center in Drew Eubanks, who Pop seems to really like. So not really high on the Spurs this year, um, but I can say that for several years since, you know, all the, the Ginobili's and and uh, all the superstars. You could go on and on with Duncan in the group. But since then, it's been really a mismatch of, um, you know, guys that just seem to be some younger players trying to find their way and some old vets that are that are fading out. So we'll see. If Pop can get this team to the playoffs, that will be something. But I will not be rostering many Spurs. And uh, I really give you a warning uh, that don't get popped, as they say. Uh, and uh, have a couple spurs in the lineup, and then they don't get in the game. All right, we're going to go to the five teams that did not make the playoffs last year. The first one, New Orleans Pelicans. They also have a new coach in Willie Green. Willie Green is the was the most surprising head coach hiring that I thought this year. Didn't see that coming. He's been an assistant, you know, he was at Phoenix last year. And I mean, he's, he's a, we'll see, you know, he's 40 years old. He's not that far removed from playing in the league. So I wish him well. I think he's got his work cut out for him, especially now that we know Zion Williams is going to miss the beginning of the season. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. That smells like about a month out for me. So you know, obviously when Zion's in there, his usage is going to be off the chart and he's going to be very playable. How are things going to roll out before that? We're looking to win in DFS immediately. So Brandon Ingram's your first go-to guy. Without Zion in there, Ingram's usage skyrockets. He's going to be their go-to guy and he's going to be very rosterable on, on many given a night. That's for sure. So he will be our first option uh, with the New Orleans Pelicans. After that, they have the newly acquired Devontae Graham that they were able to pick up from the Hornets. He looks like the starting port point guard alongside of Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who happens to be one of the guys I really like. I've always thought that offensively he can explode for big games. He'll get some assists and rebounds. Uh, certainly a guy to keep uh, an eye on. He was a little dinged up in preseason. So, you know, we'll watch him going into these first set of games, but I think he's a, a guy that you can roster and feel good about. 
uh, that will, you know, at a decent price, we'll get to his number. Uh, as far as backup guards go, it's it looks like Sato, Thomas, Thomas Adaransky, and Kyra Lewis are there. Trey Murphy III's made a big impression on the Pelicans staff. Uh, he's the rookie that, that may be in the rotation. With Zion out, you know, the big question is who are going to get those minutes at the 4-3-4, and it looks like it's going to be a mixture of probably Josh Hart, who did rebound like a lunatic for a, a guy that size last year, averaged a ridiculous like seven or eight rebounds a game. It was something off the, the wall that, that made no sense. But certainly a guy you can look at on a given night. Najee Marshall may also be the other guy that gets some minutes in Zion's absence. And then, of course, they have a new center situation with Jonas Valachunas, who I think was a real solid pickup. Certainly going to give them more offense out of the five than Steven Adams did. And on some nights, especially with Zion out, I think Joe Val's a great option. He had some monster games last year. And, uh, you know, really, they babied him a little bit in Memphis. They did not play him big minutes. He did. He does get in foul trouble, I will say that. And he can be boomer bust. I mean, there were times he took down lineups, uh, tournaments for us, and there were times he killed us. So, you got to watch him closely. The main thing is going to be is how is Willie Green going to use him? If he uses him big minutes, he could be a really good DFS player early on. He does have Jackson Hayes, an up-and-comer behind him, and Willie Hernan Gomez. So, you know, he does have a bench behind him. Let's see what that rotation looks like. From a DFS standpoint, Pelicans are one of the tougher teams to figure going into the season with a new coach, a whole mixture of new players, Zion being out, but you know the the really go to th- thing right away is Brandon Ingram, and I think a little Neil Akil Alexander Walker and a little Joe Val. All right, we go to the Sacramento Kings with one of the which I think is one of the weaker coaches in the year. Don't respect uh, in the league. I'm sorry. Don't respect his coaching X's and O's. Don't particularly like the way he handles his players, and that's Luke Walton. Very surprised that he kept his job there. They were 31-41 and 41 last year with an emerging superstar in De'Aaron Fox, who is really great, and then a terrific second-year player in Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, those two guys are good, and they are going to win some ball games for the Kings, but we'll see. We'll see if Walton, I think he's my pick for the first coach to get the axe this year. So not don't mean any negativism, negativism, but that's just what I sense. So um, after that, they've got the vet Harrison Barnes, who's consistently been consistent. And, uh, you know, you can take a look at him depending on the matchup. Uh, Marvin Bagley, who's, you know, they've been wanting to get traded. There were bad blood. There was a bunch of stuff about his dad posting and all kinds of just drama with Bagley. But he's there. He was that super high pick that went before, you know, a lot of superstars in this league. And, uh, you know, we'll see if he can raise his game up. Uh, I'm going to have to wait and see first. But he is pretty cheap, so you could take a look at him uh, if he starts out well. Rashawn Holmes, real steady center. Uh, again, center position on small slates. If they're playing, he's a good option. But on big slates, there's just so many great centers. It's hard to fit him in there. But he can have some terrific games. Uh, I think that he's 
certainly an option in the right matchups. As far as the backups go, Davion Mitchell, who's been the sweetheart of the summer league and the preseason, you know, he's he's got uh, the nickname Off Night, which is pretty awesome. He's that much of a shutdown defender. And, you know, he shows some ability even offensively. Uh, went really late. Uh, you know, he was on the championship Baylor team, just didn't get any respect in the draft. And I think he's got a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. So if he can get some minutes, I think he could be dangerous. It's just going to be hard because they still have Buddy Heald. So with Fox, Halliburton, and Heald at the guard spots, it's going to be hard to get minutes there. Terrence Davis is also an adequate backup. Um, other than that, Maurice Harkless backing up at the 3-4 will get some minutes. And Tristan Thompson is now on the Kings along with Alex Lynn for the backup bigs. Not really DFS playable. So I think you focus – he focuses on Fox and Halliburton early on with a little mix on shorter slates of Rashawn Holmes. All right, we go to the 23 and 49 Minnesota Timberwolves. I like Chris Finch and the Minnesota Timberwolves. I was so impressed with the way they played in the last 20 games of the year. They were one of the five best teams in the second half, not just the last 20 games. In the second half in the NBA, uh, they played to win every night. Their guys bought in, and I think that they are a dangerous team, uh, you know, to get into that one of the last spots in the playoffs. They're going to be improved. If anything in the second half, summer league preseason shows, they are an up-and-coming team. And it's Carl Anthony Towns saw a great interview with him. He said that, you know, he's – dealt with so much. He lost his mother to COVID, lost his aunt to COVID. He's been through a lot. He had COVID himself. And uh, he has come back in better shape, more focused, and just matured a lot. Uh, the interview, you know, said he doesn't take anything for granted. You know, he wants to be in Minnesota. He wants to lead them. I think he's going to have his best season to date and will be extremely rosterable on any night. Now, Defensively, he's not a wizard, that's for sure, but he's going to score like a maniac. He's going to rebound. He can pass the ball. He's just one of the most talented centers in the league for sure, and I'm going to have a lot of cat this year, I can tell you right now. Um, after that, I you know they, they have that dynamic young backcourt of D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards is a dog, and that dude can jump. He has some of the most beautiful dunks. And I'll tell you what, he's he's scares people. He got to take a step back, which opens him up for hitting that three, which he can shoot. So, you know, they added Patrick Beverly, which I thought was a brilliant move. Perfect guy to be on, you know, in D'Angelo uh, Russell and Anthony Edwards' ear. He will keep those guys in line, working hard. He'll teach them to defend. He'll give them some grit. I think one of the best unheralded pickups of the this summer was Pat Beverly because he'll tutor those guards to just be nasty dogs, man. And I think they're both really good. And then they have Malik Beasley. He missed a lot of last year in that run when they improved of, with an injury. They paid him the buck, big bucks, and he can play. He's a guy on a given night. If he gets minutes, he can he can get it done. A great GPP guy and a guy to keep an eye on. And even their, their deep bench, guys that had to play last year because of injury, McLaughlin, uh, Jalen Noel, 
you know, they, they have some nice guys that are even the mop-up guys at the guard spot. Uh, as far as the other key players, Josh Akogi, not one of my favorite DFS options. I prefer Malik Beasley, but Akogi is a good player. Defensively, he gets things done. The youngster, Jared, Vandal, Jared Vanderbilt, will be off the bench. For a guy that I think has a lot of potential, Jaden McDaniels. He's a little thin, a little raw, a little young yet, but he's good. He's better than his brother, Jalen. Uh, and, you know, he's the guy that I think of the two McDaniels that's going to be the better player. I think he's going to start at the four for them again like he did at the end of last year and a guy to certainly keep an eye on. And then backing up Cat, you're going to have Nas Reed, who's a dangerous, uh, you know, guy that can play the four and the five. But I'm going to have a lot of T-Wolves this year. I, I can see D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, and Cat all having a lot of potential in my lineups and uh, I think that they're going to do really well. And if you have to go on the cheap, I think Jaden McDaniels and Malik Beasley are good plays. So circle those T-Wolves. I think that you're going to see a lot of improvement and a lot of DFS ownership that's going to be deserved uh, to the T-Wolves players. All right, we have two teams left. The most bizarre team in the league, in my opinion, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They have 17 picks coming up in the next Three or four drafts. I don't know what you're going to do with 17 first round and second round picks. I think they may all be first round, to be honest with you. I've lost track. I gave up counting because nobody can use that many picks. So I don't know if they're going to trade like 10 picks uh, for the uh, a great guy or what. But who knows? They're they're trying to build from the ground up there, and they do have a ways to go. Uh, who is rosterable from this team? You know, they were 22 and 50. Mark Dagnalt seems like a good coach. I think he's got a good head on his shoulders. The first half, the Thunder played way over their heads. They actually won a decent amount of games. Second half, not so much. They absolutely tanked. So, you know, let's see what's going to happen here. Shea Gilgus Alexander, who's their best player, did miss a lot of the second half. Having him back and playing every game will make them a lot better. They did act at uh, a really good guy in the draft. I think he's a, an up-and-comer, 6'9", guy that can play point. He can play the two, the three. Josh Giddy. he's from Australia. He's a little young and gangly, but he's going to be a good one. I mean, I he's got some great ups. He's got some a great crossover for a 6'9 kid. Uh, you know, just a really solid up-and-comer that we can keep an eye on that should be cheap early on. Uh, but a guy that might be rosterable. The other two players that you can consider on any given night, Lugans Dort, uh, again, you know, he can be hit or miss, definitely a GPP guy. I've seen him take down slates. I've seen him, you know, throw a bunch of zeros up on the board. So uh, definitely a guy uh, that you can look at in GPPs, and we'll see if his consistency improves this season. The other guy that, and I like him a lot, Darius Baisley. I think he... You go back and look at his stats and his DFS uh, output. When he got the minutes, man, he was good. Double-digit points. He gets close to double-digit rebounds. He can jump out of the gym. He's got a good nose for the ball. I think he's going to get more minutes this year. They rotated so many guys last year, you didn't know what was going on half the time. But he's dangerous. Uh, looks like center is going to be between Isaiah Roby and Derek Favor splitting time there. 
And then they have some decent up-and-comers off the bench in uh, Teo Maladone, Ty Jerome, uh, Trey Mann's a youngster, Gabriel Deck, who they signed last year, uh, Poku, uh, Pokusheski, you know, the big, tall uh, guy that can shoot the threes. We'll see what he's going to do. They love this Jeremiah Robinson, Earl guy off the bench, and they have the old-timer Mike Muscala. So they are a hot mess, no question about it, let's face it. But on, you know, there's going to be rosterable guys here. Depending on the matchup, I can see throwing a Shea in there, a Giddy, a Baisley. Not, you know, obviously more than one of them, but uh, you just got to pick your spots with this team. They're going to lose a lot of games again. But, you know, with, with the group, young group they have and the 17 picks that are coming, uh, you know, maybe down the road they're going to be competitive again. All right, last team. Um, and here we go. It's the Houston Rockets. They were a really bad team. 20 losses in a row last year, finished 17 and 55 under new coach Steven Silas. He's an ex-Mavs assistant. Uh, not a guy that I had targeted for being a super head coach kind of guy. He's strikes me as more of the perfect assistant kind, but not sure the direction of Houston. I can tell you that they do have some young talent. And, you know, Christian Wood is a really good player at center. They were able to lock him up, and I think he's going to be really good for them. But then it's going to be really the two young guards to see if they're going to improve, and that's Kevin Porter and Jalen Green. Jalen Green, obviously the second pick in the draft this year. A lot of people picking him for rookie of the year over Cade Cunningham. Um, Porter and Green, they're going to see some lineups. I played them a lot in the preseason. And they didn't disappoint. They definitely get shots up. They're de definitely the focal point of the offense. Uh, I would not, you know, count on them a ton early on. We'll see how it goes. But they're both going to be out there. But they're also going to make mistakes, turnovers, etc. But Porter and Green, you can consider. Uh, Christian Woods certainly is rosterable. Again, the center position is so jammed, it's tough to fit him in at times. But he is a really steady player, and he rebounds well. He does everything well. Um, after Porter, Green, and Wood, you know, you're talking Eric Gordon. We all know, you know, he can come in, hit 10 threes, or he can twist his ankle in like five minutes, and you take a goose egg. So Gordon is definitely a scary guy to take, but a guy that you always have to at least consider. Daniel Tice is the guy they picked up at the four. Uh, Kelly Olenek crushed in that role in the four spot last year for them, you know, under uh, Silas's offense. And maybe Tice will do the same thing. Uh, certainly a guy to keep an eye on, but they have a deep rotation. They have a lot of guys off the bench. The veteran DJ Augustine, don't I feel bad that he has to end his career probably in Houston. Uh, Daniel House, Jay Sean Tate, who was uh, on one of the all rookie teams last year. He's going to get minutes. Kenyon Martin, another guy that, that uh, stepped up a little bit last year. And then the rookie, uh, Sengun, really was great. And uh, what a great draft pick he was for them. Maybe the steal of the draft. He's a little undersized for center, but, man, can he score. He had great stats coming over from Europe. He's very young. He's something like 20, 21 years old. Or maybe he's 19 or 20. He's very young. But he can score, he can rebound, he's just a natural player. I think he's a real up-and-comer, 
And I wouldn't be surprised if they, they play Sengun and Wood together on the court at times because he's that good. So not going to count on Houston much, uh, but they will find a way into a lot of my lineups, either a Porter or Green, depending on how it sits. And then, you know, Wood uh, is going to be expensive, but possible. And then Sengun as a cheap option or a Jayshon Tate if he's getting the minutes. So a lot, you know, the jury's still out. To be 17 and 55 coming back with this young of a group, uh, it's going to be a test. And, you know, you worry about blowouts and, and are they going to get the, the deep minutes? Because they do have a bunch of super young guys uh, that they picked up in the draft, you know, and they had from last year, like a Brooks and a Nawaba and a Garuba. Those guys will get mop-up minutes. So, uh, you know, buyer beware with some of the Houston players. But when they stay into a close game, uh, there can be some some huge monster games from some of these youngsters. So they will make some of the teams. All right, that is it. We flew through the entire Western Conference to give you an idea of what we're looking at from the DFS standpoint early on. We'd love to have you a member as a member at DFS Coach Talk. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com. You can sign up there for as little as a three-day pass for $10. So we would love to have you as this NBA season kicks off on Tuesday. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic year. We've got real NBA back, not shortened off season, limited playoffs. I mean, this is the real deal. Everything's back to normal. Uh, we really expect to just knock it out of the park here at Coach Talk. We're well prepared. We followed all the summer league, Olympics, preseason, and it's all geared up for uh, tipping off this Tuesday. So uh, come and join us in Discord. Remember, we give out a really strong coach's clipboard and a core group. On DraftKings, we give out full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo and uh, take advantage of those. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of takedowns and we expect some right off the bat. We're attacking it from day one, slate one on Tuesday. So great to have you. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, a quick thumbs up, a quick subscribe button, hit that, and then give a little comment, a question. You like the video, uh, you have a question about a team or player. Shoot it in there. That really helps us move up the algorithm on YouTube. If you're watching us on any of the uh, podcast sites, like we said, if it's uh, Podbean, Stitcher, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you're listening to us, uh, take a second, give us a five-star, a quick review, two, three words, four words, whatever. Uh, we have a drawing every month for a free one-week membership to Coach Talk All Access. So, do that. We'd really, really appreciate it. And remember, when you join Coach Talk, you get everything we've got. We do not sell sport by sport or Ross, you know, anything. You get everything. You're in our main chat. You get our four sports. We cover very heavily NBA, NFL, uh, PGA, and MLB. So you want to jump in there with us. You get everything we've got once you're part of the family. And uh, we'd love to have you. If you have any questions for me, you can catch me on Twitter. Uh, at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Andrew Hansen is at Language Olympic, and you can catch any of us at DFS Coach Talk. Thank you so much for listening in. I do hope you enjoyed it. I hope you were able to catch both the Eastern and Western, give you a good set going in before we you know, slice through the pricing and everything from there. 
Uh, Tuesday will be our first regular daily podcast. We'll be on there. Andrew and I will kick it off, and we will break down, uh, give you uh, picks, fades, uh, everything that you can look at. And, again, we supply for both for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, so we'll be sharing prices and selections from there. Thank you again for joining in, and uh, we'll certainly catch you very soon here on Tuesday as we look to crush it in NBA DFS.